It's Claire Delaney who joins me this week to give us a tour behind the scenes of working on the ITV show Mamma Mia! I Have a Dream, The Search for Sophie and Skye. Claire is a vocal coach with a private business and who also teaches at UK drama school Italia Conti. She initially trained in opera, performing at the likes of the Royal Albert Hall, and now works with singers of all skill levels from beginners to West End professionals. To celebrate the winners of Mamma Mia! I Have a Dream and their West End debut, Claire is here to give us the gossip on how she landed this TV job, what her role entailed on the programme, and how we can help our theatre performers navigate auditions. Claire Delaney, my winter-loving, pumpkin-carving, cold-seeking friend, (laughs) welcome to the Singing Teachers Talk podcast. How are you and how is 2024 treating you so far? I am good, thank you. And what an introduction. Uh, I don't think you could know me any better than that. (laughs) I'm just waiting for summer when we can again send each other I'm dying in the heat and little snowflakes and pumpkins to will ourselves back where we belong. With questions of are you hibernating as much as I am? Absolutely. (laughs) I know. I think, are we the only ones who don't like summer, maybe? There must be more. There must be more. And (laughs) listeners, if you're one of them, just know you're not alone. (laughs) Where are you? (laughs) Yes. Well, if last year is anything to go by, you're in for a treat, Claire, because 2023 was quite exciting for you, particularly Mm -hmm. as you were hired as a vocal coach for the ITV show Mamma Mia! I Have a Dream, a search for Sophie and Skye. And that was panelled by comedian Alan Carr, singer Jessie Ware, Frozen Samantha Barks and Amber Riley, who made me absolutely hyperventilate when I saw her in Dreamgirls. <laughs> oh, same, same. Wasn't she amazing? Insane. Yeah. Insane. But for listeners who may not have seen the show yet or are just catching up, can you explain how it was set up and what the format was and how it was a little bit different to other programmes that we've seen in the past, like How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria and I'd Do Anything? So previous shows that you would have seen had uh, a live audience and you'd watch that every week and you'd phone in and I think you'd be able to phone in for your favourites. But this one was different because we actually filmed it over the summer last year out in beautiful Corfu and we did all of that prep work beforehand out there and we had a live audience that came to the villa and we, we plucked them off the beach <laughs> from Corfu. And we, we put them in the audience and said, here you go, some free entertainment for you. And then um, all of that then got shown on TV from, from October. And then we had the actual live final in December at the Novello Theatre. So it was quite a wait, I think, for the contestants, you know, to go. We filmed it in uh, sort of May, may beginning of june time and then they had to wait until october for it to be seen on the tv so uh a little a little different i think but um yeah i think i think it worked i think it worked beautifully i don't know what corfu would have been like if we'd filmed it in the winter so i i mean i would have loved it (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah how was it like spending all that time out there not being a, a particularly summer loving person hell <laughs> no, I'm joking. no I'm joking it was uh it was wonderful and you know I'd had I, I knew it was going to be out in Corfu I didn't know what the job was when I when I went for it but I started putting two and two together when they said um it's going to be out in Corfu for five weeks and in my head I just went it's mamma mia 
I just knew it. <laughs> but it was it was great. And um, you know, I don't I don't think I ever want to eat feta cheese again. I think I maxed out when I was there. Um, and I also managed to get heat stroke and ended up in hospital because, you know, if, you, if you're going to be a ginger in the sun, you have to do it properly, I think, <laughs> you know, so, so, uh, so that aside, feta and heat stroke aside, it was wonderful. So, you know, I was, I was combining my work and travel for the first time, really. I'd never, I'd never really done that. I'd always stuck to the UK for travel. So, um, I mean, obviously I've had holidays and stuff, but I never got to combine that with work. So I milked it. So how did the job actually come about for you? So I was already a follower of the wonderful vocal coach Fiona McDougall. Um, That makes me sound like a bit of a stalker, but I promise I'm not. And uh, (laughs) it was so it was so random. She'd she'd posted a story on her Instagram saying London vocal coaches I need you and I was living in Bristol at the time and I thought eh, I'll go for it anyway and uh, and then we ended up having a couple of exchanges and found that we clicked straight away um, I feel like it's impossible not to click with Fiona anyway but um, she then invited me to an interview slash audition at the London Palladium no less and uh yeah we just we just got on so well and it it was so um quick you know from from that post that i'd seen it i think it was like 3 a.m i was just having i was doing my bit of doom scrolling through instagram because i couldn't sleep and then this popped up and i just find like the most spontaneous jobs happen in that way and uh yeah i just thought i just thought i'd go for it and it just all seemed to to click into place what was the interview like? What did you have to do? So I took one of my clients. Uh, she's, a, she's a really good friend of mine as well, Steph. And uh, I messaged her and I said, right, you know, this, this thing is happening. You've got to come down. You've got to take the day off work. She's going to kill me for this because she had to pull the sickie. <laughs> it's all right. I'm not going to say your surname. And um, yeah, so she, so she called in a sickie and we both went down to London together and i just had to demonstrate what i do so you know i'd already had a chat with fiona in this in this kind of way to see if we got on well because that's always really important if you're going to be working with somebody quite intensely as well and as a vocal coach we all have our different ways of doing things so you have to make sure that you either understand each other's work and are happy to work in separate ways or you work in a very very similar way so I think she uh, just needed to make sure that that was going to be the case. So I had to run a lesson with Steph and uh, showcase what I could do. And then it was just a really lovely informal chat afterwards. And I remember leaving the theatre going, even if I don't get that job, I really hope our paths cross again because it was just such a great experience. And I mean, that theatre is beautiful anyway, isn't it? Yeah. And an amazing opportunity for your student to get to sing at the London Palladium. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. She, uh, we both went for a coffee afterwards and we both just sat there like, <laughs> did that just happen? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so what did your role actually entail? And can you tell us a little bit about what the sessions were like? What sort of things were you working on with the contestants? 
Yeah, so um, I was assistant vocal coach to Fiona because she was expecting her little baba at the time. So we just shared the weight of the, the coaching because there was so much to do. So we started off in London in the recording studios uh, where we were recording all the openers for the show and we were just grabbing them at every opportunity because there was so much to get through so any little window that we had to grab them for some coaching we did that and we split that between uh between ourselves and i was watching what fiona was doing so that because i knew as soon as we got out to corfu she was going to be there for a few days i think it was i think she was out there for 10 days altogether uh maybe less and um, I was going to be taken over and I just wanted to make sure that the contestants had some consistency in, in their work as well. So I was kind of taking notes and taking recordings and things like that. And um, so we did all of that for about eight days, I think, in April. And then when we actually got out to Corfu, we, again, we were just grabbing them for whatever we could um, because they're out there doing uh you know they're recording for openers they're doing interviews they're doing tasks that were on the program as well so they were filming all of that and uh when we were actually in the coaching with them it was more a case of a making sure their vocals were obviously staying in, in good nick and uh keeping their confidence up we were kind of there as a little a little confidant as well you know you could see them sort of come into the coaching room and just because oh, they knew they just had a little bit of time to just work on something and work on little tricky moments within a song um and just kind of refining everything ready for the ready for the performance and just making sure that they left that coaching room going okay that tricky bit or you know this problem in my voice that was sorted so that they could go out there and deliver the best performance. Bit of a spoiler alert. So <laughs> Stevie and Tobias, they won the entire show. <gasps> How could you give it away, Alexa? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. But if you're late to the table, I mean, you're going to have to deal with that one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're, they're already in rehearsals or maybe have even performed by the time this goes out. But let's mm -hmm. just give a little bit of a shout out to to the rest of the cast as well um, of the show. So who, who are you working with and, and what do you want to say about them? Do you know, this is going to sound so uh so so much of a cliche but literally every single one of them was amazing to work with and for very different reasons you know each one of them brought something so unique to the table and as, as the show was going on you know and we were we were doing all the filming and i i knew what they were doing on a day-to-day -day basis you know they were learning choreography they were learning new songs they were switching partners and again all the interviews and vox pops and everything that they had to do and I, I was just in awe of them because i just thought there is no way on this earth <laughs> that you'd ever get me doing something like that because it's it's just so much to take on and for really you know all of them were, were so young as well and just the a the stamina that they had the confidence that they had and just the overall attitude that they brought to the whole thing was just was just fantastic. And you know, I'm I'm like this with my clients anyway. 
each one of them I I love for very different reasons um and it's exactly the same with this one you know we all got we all got quite close because when you're working in that kind of atmosphere and in that short amount of time everything's quite intense anyway so we built up a lovely a lovely working relationship and it's it's good to see them them all doing something special now you know Maisie's uh doing studying in London School of Musical Theatre I think Owen and Steph are working on something at the moment uh, I've seen a little a little thing on Instagram I'm not entirely sure what they're doing but of course Desmonda is out doing Aladdin and things like that so they're all doing so so well and they all deserve it Watching it, I saw your lovely face pop up on screen a few times. So how did it feel for you to have a film crew in the room taking what you're doing and showing it, broadcasting it on TV? (laughs) Honestly, that part of it, I dreaded (laughs) because I am such a high energy coach anyway. And, you know, I've got my own way of doing things. And whenever you're working one to one, it's a very private, intimate kind of setting, you know, it's a very vulnerable space. And then all of a sudden, when there's a camera crew there, you're very, very aware that all of a sudden, it's not just you guys that there are actually going to be quite a few people watching. And uh, all of a sudden, it was like, I'd forgotten everything I knew. <laughs> I was like, everyone's going to know I'm a fraud. I can't do this anymore, or they're going to think I'm weird. <laughs> you know. So obviously, I made it all about me in that moment. And uh, but it, it, to be honest, it didn't take long for all of that to settle down. I think it was the first maybe two or three sessions um, when I was on my own because by that time Fiona had gone had gone home. Um, to look after little wee one and yeah being left on my own then with that I thought okay this is a whole new experience but I just had to I just had to grab it with both hands and go it is what it is you know not everyone's going to like what you do you don't know how it's going to be edited you don't know if you're even going to be seen I was kind of hoping I wasn't going to be seen but uh, (laughs) but no I didn't I didn't get away with that (laughs) You have your own private practice and you're also a singing tutor at Italia Conti Arts, which is where we met. What did this ITV contract mean for these other commitments and and how did you manage that as a self-employed person? Well, I think first off, a big shout out should go to Michael Vickers, our lovely boss at Italia Conti, because when I told him that this had come up and that I needed some some time off. He was the most supportive and encouraging person. And, you know, I generally, before I had this conversation with him, I thought, I'm gonna lose my job. You know, they're gonna replace me. And it was never on the table. And I just felt so, so supported by that. And I think that's so important when you're working for, for a company or a school like we do. And uh, for my private clients, I still saw some of them online while I was out there. They were all really encouraging as well. I think they they just wanted the gossip, to be honest. And (laughs) when I was teaching them out there, I thought it was because they wanted to have a good sing and they wanted to keep their training going. But I think they just wanted to see the pool. And imagine that they were there with you, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. 
How has having this job impacted you as a singing teacher and vocal coach? Do you feel like it set you up for future work like this? Or is there anything else that you feel you've benefited mostly from it? I mean, yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to do TV again, you know, so if it has uh, set that kind of thing up, that would be that would be great. Um, but in terms of how it's impacted me, I think it's just added another layer of credibility as a vocal coach, because I know you know this as well. It's such a, a tough industry. You know, there's a lot of us out there and it's a long, continuous process of, of pushing your ideas forward and uh, demonstrating that you're the one to help and the one to trust in. So I think when things start mounting up on your CV in that kind of way, then then people start becoming more aware of you and more aware of you in that way of going, oh, okay, well, you know, she's done this and she's done that. So, so maybe she'd be good for me. And I didn't realize, you know, very early on in my career, how important those little milestones would be. Um, because even working at Italia Conti, that changed so many things for me. And now having this as well, is just yeah, it's just helped get my name out there a little bit more, which is is tough in a in, in the sea of social media. <laughs> oh, oh. Announcement. Listeners, if you've been thinking about joining the BAST community by taking one of our courses, but you just don't know which is the best option for you, then why not book a free call with our very own Kimberly George, who has all the answers? Head over to basttraining.com forward slash book a call forward slash and click that big blue button to request your free Zoom chat. That's basttraining.com forward slash book a call forward slash and you can find that link in our show notes too. Now, where were we? For performers who are hoping to audition for Mamma Mia in the future, what qualities and abilities are required for the show? So as with any musical, storytelling is a must. Your ability to work with others, uh, form a chemistry is a must. I know that was very important in the show as well, that we discovered the kind of chemistry that certain contestants may have with one another if they got cast together. Your vocals need to be able to endure nine shows a week and deliver the same energy throughout. Um, and it's such a it's such a fun show and and while i think you should always take the job seriously i think a key element of this show is not to take yourself so seriously and to see the joy that pops up in all of those moments within the story because you know it's not it's not shakespeare it's pure entertainment and it's just joyous and i think if you can pull those moments out in everything that you do so especially for sky and sophie that's just going to make the biggest impact when the program was aired there were some questions from viewers about the use of vibrato as previously it was understood that straight tone was desired in part for this show is that true what would you say about that this is such a tricky question right um because i think vibrato is one of those things that always seems to fall under personal preference. I personally love a vibrato because I think it just adds colour and uh, a feeling of release in the voice. But at the same time, we also know that straight tone is preferred by a lot of people and we hear it a lot in many productions. So as a coach, I always aim to, to teach both. 
so that my singers have choice. And I think for singers out there looking to do shows like this, I think it's important to develop all of those aspects in the voice. But those aspects that feel right to you, work for you and feel authentic to you. And I think if you can develop both, if you can develop straight tone and vibrato and give yourself those options in the vocals, then then go for it. But at the same time, don't bog yourself down with it either because we all offer something different and you'll end up working with those who like what you do. I think there's a place for everyone. Um, and it, it does come down to preference of styles. You know, you'll find your people, you'll, you'll have a musical director that might be like, oh, I would like a bit of vibrato here, or I would like you to straight tone it. So in terms of your training, I think if you can cover those bases, then great, you know, um, you can then relax a little bit more when it comes to working in the industry that knowing that you can provide these things. But again, don't bog yourself down with it. One of the contestants, Marcellus, he had a recurring throat infection during filming and Jesse Ware made a comment after one of his performances saying that he'd spent all of his lives on saying that he had a sore throat. How can a singer compete in something like this whilst navigating ill health? As someone who has struggled with recurring throat tension due to PTSD, actually, um, I can say that I too have come up against comments like this and while they can seem unfair to some it's also the nature of the business right it's a it's a harsh reality to be confronted with the fact that you're always replaceable and it weighs on so many singers minds and jesse's comment wouldn't have been any different to a comment in the west end and i think it was i think it was good actually for the audience to be able to see that um, that these are the kind of things that, that we do actually come up against in the industry. But it's up to you as a singer to do what you can to look after yourself, to either maybe make the vocal choices that stop you from belting your head off and, you know, popping a vocal cord out onto the floor. But you also have to know when to take the comment and do what you can to carry on or let it go, stay in your lane and prioritise your health. So if you're unwell and it's recurring, you need to take that as a really big warning sign that maybe you need to stop and look after yourself. I've always been of the opinion that no job is worth sacrificing the longevity of your voice. Like ask yourself, is, is this one job worth me potentially doing irreparable damage? Or should I take the time out to look after myself, maybe set some better habits, um, and behaviors to improve where I can and come back stronger than ever. But it's tough though, right? Because the work is precarious and it's few and far between. But I know that if I was a director, I would want somebody to look after themselves. I wouldn't want them to push themselves to exhaustion um, or vocal damage for the sake of a show. Um, I'd want them to prioritize health and, and value their health over everything else because you are your business at the end of the day. And while it is a harsh reality that you are replaceable, you are replaceable. So, you know, the show isn't gonna break without you. So you don't have to put yourself through it. One of my 
mottos. I mean, this was a, a motto from my wonderful coach, <laughs> which means a different thing. He always says push and regret, and he says push and regret in terms of uh, pushing for a belt. But it's the same thing. You know, if you push yourself, you're going to regret it potentially. Mm. So what would your advice be to a singer who may be going to a drama school audition, a professional audition, any audition really, but they feel like, should I be telling the panel that I'm ill or should I be reserving that for if they ask? Like, what, what would you say is the, is the rule in inverted commas? Ah, uh, yeah, it's it's tough, isn't it? And I, you know, I don't doubt for a second that both of us have have been in this situation many, 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 many times. But as the years have gone on, I prioritise my vocal health over everything, because in my head, if I'm going to a, an audition and I'm not well, I'm doing a number of things. I'm potentially spreading whatever I've got to the panel and also to every other singer in the waiting room that may have other auditions and jobs coming up. And also that I'm not demonstrating what I can do. So I'm wasting their time. I'm wasting my time. I'm also wasting my recovery time or like increasing the length of my recovery time, which means that I'll be losing more work or potential work. Um, you know, if I'm trying to sing through a chest infection or a throat infection, I'm just going to be setting myself backwards. And I always tell my clients to prioritize their, uh, their health, you know. So in terms of whether you say anything, I think in an ideal scenario, if they can give you a different audition day, then amazing. But we know that that's not always the case. And I always tell my clients that sometimes in this industry you're just going to have to chalk it up to experience and it's not always going to go your way and it's tough but it's true and you are going to be your best measure for that you're going to know whether it's going to be worth it or not and whether you're going to be able to deliver or not so I always say trust your gut if your gut is saying no I really shouldn't go for this then it's it's not worth it some of the songs that were performed by the contestants were things like luck be a lady from guys and dolls trustful by pink somebody yep. to love from we will rock you kiss me by sixpence none the richer which i actually walked out of the wedding room to which my husband won't remember Dog. Uh, oh <laughs> well, will now. By, yeah if he listens <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shivers by Ed Sheeran, Night Fever from Saturday Night Fever. What was the process of exploring such a variety of styles and are they all applicable to Mamma Mia? Well, you know, musical theatre is such a beautiful mix of all of these styles and it's uh, a genre that can cater to so many people because of that so if you like pop you'll find plenty of musicals to suit if you like jazz swing 50s rock and roll orchestral rap um you'll find it i'm i'm yet to see death metal that you know my my time will come um but as a performer i think it's our job to be able to do as much of that as possible to be as malleable as possible so that you can you can increase your your flow of work opportunities but also just explore different avenues in yourself to become as fully rounded as you can be um you know i started out in in opera and i was always told that pop rock wasn't 
um, something that I could ever do. Um, so then when I did actually start exploring it, I, I then discovered so many different things in myself. Um, so while it's important to be able to showcase that um, to, you know, a panel or an audience, it's also important to showcase that to yourself as well, because it's going to give you such a such a boost in confidence that you can cover all these things. And it I mean, in terms of the show, it was important to be able to showcase that as well and show the audience that actually this is what a musical theatre performer has to think about, train for and be able to to demonstrate. Outside of the show, though, what sort of audition material would singers benefit from taking? I've heard things like Steps, S Club 7, Liberty X, Donna Summer, that sort of cheesy range. Is that yeah. what you would say? Or can we take some of these songs from the show and, and maybe run with those? Well, I think the key to any audition is to do your background development on the character that you're going for, because from that knowledge, you can pick the appropriate song. And that could be uh the lyrics that make sense for the character um because i personally think that that's where the magic ingredient is it shows everybody on that panel that you understand the character and you've you've thought about it rather than just picking a song from your rep or um you know that you know really well and vocally shows you off or just picking a bit of a bop because you can't deny that that steps and um donna summer are are a bop um, but there are plenty of songs out there that could do that could do that and then link up with the emotions and the, the situation of the character. So I always encourage clients to think on that and explore that. Um, and I know that the music team for the Mamma Mia uh, show on ITV, they were very careful with trying to choose the songs that would match what the characters of Sophie and Sky were were thinking or going through. It's, it's tough. It's not easy. You know, um, you've, you've got a lot of work to do, but I think that that's where that's where you'll find the best the best ingredient for your audition is to to go for it from a character and storytelling point of view. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. As I, I remember when um, I was kind of discussing this topic with Vocology and Practice on one of their conferences and about how we, we talk about audition material being in the style of the show, something yeah. similar. Um, but actually, where does the acting through song feature? Because that could feature very, very heavily and do the job just as well. So Absolutely, I do feel yeah. like that part gets left a little bit behind. Yeah, I do too. Oh, oh. We are so grateful that you tune in each week to geek out with us. It's our mission here at the Singing Teachers Talk podcast to bring you informed discussions across a variety of topics in the hope that they will inspire your teaching and support your career in voice. Now, I have a big favour to ask of you. Pretty, pretty please, can we steal a little bit of your time in asking for a review? This not only helps us to improve the platform, but will help spread the word to others who might be in search of a community like the one you've helped us to build here. You can leave your review over at Apple Podcasts by leaving a comment beneath your favourite video on our YouTube channel or by emailing me your testimonial directly at alexa at basstraining.com. If you've been enjoying the podcast, we'd love to hear about it. And thank you again for all your support, Bass Brigade. Bastians? The Talkers. Oh, I'll work on the name. Oh.
Oh. Someone with your achievements could easily be very boastful on their social media accounts as a way to kind of increase your perceived value, but that really isn't you. And you do celebrate all your students and all the things that you're doing, but you're also very good at keeping it real with funny videos and posts, including ones about how work gets a bit quiet over summer <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and when you do things wrong as a coach or, or reflecting on things that you would have done differently, which is really yeah. quite a breath of fresh air. Oh, Why is it important you. for you to do this and, and how has it impacted your business? I, I think there's a lot of fluff on social media and I know how seeing these you know perfect these air bunnies here for for your audio listeners I know these or seeing these perfect singers and perfect coaches and you know fitspiration and and all that jazz I know how it can affect me mentally um it can make me doubt myself and make me think that I should be doing what they're doing and genuinely I would hate it for people to come across me and my platform and think that it's just another inaccessible thing for them. My whole ethos as a teacher and as a coach is just to be one of the ones that helps people realize that they can do it. And that while their own path may look different to others, um, it's not something that anybody should tell them that they can't do. And, uh, you know, for my business, that just means that I get people, thankfully, walking through the door and their shoulders just immediately drop because they know that they're in a room with me and they're going to feel safe. They're going to have fun. They're going to be heard. And they know that it's going to be a collaborative process. You know, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to make some weird noises unintentionally um but uh you know and they're gonna laugh at that they're gonna be like oh my god she does the same thing and it's it's just important for me to be able to build authentic working relationships with people and it starts these days with social media mm -hmm. what's next for you then claire what do you envision this year being like i I am just plodding along, you know, I'm just slowly building my life in London because I, I, I mean, I've been here since June now, but I still consider myself very new and um, I'm building my client base here and online still. Uh, I'm still working at Italia Conti, which I absolutely love. And as with anything, you know, it, it's it's just a case of me doing the work, uh, resting while I can and um just seeing what this weird and wonderful world throws at me next i mean because i mean there's no way i could have predicted what happened last year so um i don't know what's next and i i like that mm. and if you could work on any other tv show what would it be <laughs> oh uh, good question um I don't know if you remember there was there was a program a few years ago uh, a few years ago called uh, Pop Star to Opera Star. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. I think it, like I would have loved to have worked on that because I think that would have been a really a really big challenge. But I think it only lasted one series, which was a bit of a shame. I really enjoyed it. It's a bit of a guilty pleasure. But um, if I was going to work on a show now, or oh, is this a bit of self promotion for me? I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. Um, I would probably want to work on The Voice because I, again, you know, I love the whole pop rock thing. 
because like I said earlier, I started out as an opera singer and um, I was always told that singing pop or musical theatre was really, was really bad for you and call it the rebel in me. But um, I've definitely veered back towards the pop rock side of things because I just think that exploration of styles is one of my favorite things to do. And I love being able to show my clients that they can they can use everything they know, whether that's operatic technique or screamo metal, and they can just merge it all and develop choices to create something unique. And I feel like um, working on something like The Voice, you know, you, you get the chance to 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 play and explore with with voices like that and again it's such a high pressure kind of show that i i personally love that thing in my job where i get to help them feel more confident and more settled and just kind of nurture and look after them a little bit so yeah a show like that would be great where i get to do that again earlier you said that you made the connection to this job through doom scrolling and it's actually quite refreshing <laughs> to hear that it wasn't because you already had a contact there that it came from mm -hmm. something very organic what would be your advice to teachers who would love to have an opportunity like you had with itv's mamma mia how do they get into the room my my best advice and this would be for performers as well is just be cheeky and ask because the worst that anybody can say is no and not everybody will say no there are so many people out there who love to help love to pass on knowledge so just ask and and see what doors open up for you because i think you'll be surprised and don't just network to see what others can do for you you know take that time to form a good relationship get to know the person that you're with and you know treat them as you would want to be treated yourself it's an industry that can feel so false but i think the more you just connect with people regardless of whether you think that they can actually do something for you or not the more approachable and employable you'll be and actually the more you'll enjoy it as well people will want to work with you and people will want to help you and say yes to you. So you've just kind of got to take the bull by the horns, the bull, blah, 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 the, take the bull by the horns and just, uh, just be cheeky and ask. And, and, always, and always take that thing of, you know, that, that motto is stuck with me for life, which is the worst that anybody can say is no. So if I'm already prepared for no, anything else is a bonus. Well, what a lovely thing to round up on. Claire Delaney, Aww. it's been such a delight. Where can listeners find out more about you, you. And, and get in touch? Well, it's been a delight for me. Thank you so much for, for asking me to do this. And, and like I said to you at the start before we came on, this is the first podcast that I've ever done. And I'm so glad that it's this one because um, I've got to say, Alexa, I'm a massive fan of this podcast. I always Aww. listen to it. I don't think I've told you that before. Because um, again, that might come across as a bit stalkerish. But there we go. Uh, that's where we are. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, um, so people can pop along to my Instagram. It is... Claire, if I remember this right, claire.delaney.coach, where they'll see me trying to look really professional and uh, posting pictures of my dog and endless cups of coffee. And um, they can also visit my website, uh, delaneycoaching.com. And they can contact me through there as well if they if they want to book any sessions. And I'm trying to be down with the kids. I'm trying to be on TikTok. 
I know, check me. Uh, <laughs> and my handle for that I think is Claire underscore the vocal coach, you know, like like I'm the only one or something. But um, yeah, that's <laughs> where they can find me. <laughs> Amazing. Claire, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> If you're enjoying the Singing Teachers Talk podcast, and who are we kidding? Of course you are. Share the love by giving us a five-star rating and leaving a comment. Just head to the Singing Teachers Talk main page on the Apple Podcast app and scroll to the bottom to click Write a Review.